Well, well, well. Go back to the old picture, Barry. You know, it's it's funny because you know the names of Jesus and Jehovah Jireh, the names of God, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, you know, the God that heals, the God that takes care of your needs. It's almost like the portraits, like this particular portrait looks like Jesus, the lover of our souls. Yeah. Like, hey guys. Yeah. Right? And like the uh, the picture we use, hi Mandy. The picture, hey Randy. Mel, what's up? Hey Randy, thanks for, hey Al, good to see you buddy. Randy's the road captain, Barry. I heard. You want to say congrats? That? All right. But what I was saying about Randy these pictures, the it's kind of like this is Jesus the lover. But the picture we used last week almost was like that scripture reminds me the Lord is a warrior. Yeah. The Lord is a warrior. He's mighty in power. Um, good to see you guys. How are you? So, yeah, uh, Barry Pete. Pete, uh, me, Michael Lemons, and we we kind of swore Randy in as our road captain. So he's going to be plans. He's going to be planning our rides, things like that. Uh, pretty stoked about it, actually. Yeah, so we only have four on. This is a really weird deal because sometimes you have four. Sometimes you get eight. Sometimes you get twenty. You never really know, so it doesn't matter. So we might have to go with four. What's up, Mel? What a beautiful day. The uh, today is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. We were actually going to do this live yesterday because we did a job in Kansas City and we didn't think you'd ever figure out that where we were. So I'm going to wait a little bit, see if we can get a few more people on, Barry. If not, we're going to go with this. We appreciate you guys taking a little time out of your day to spend with us. It's super cool. Actually, it's really, really cool. I wonder where Sarah is and Connie Tucker and Katrina and Jamie. Yeah, they checked out. They checked out. Taking a little time <laughs> off. Taking a little break. Right. So we're at five. Five more, and I'm going to start talking a little bit. Six. Four more, guys. Come on. Speak life. Speak life. Speak life. Four more. Can I get four? Hey. Can I get four? I got a six. We just have it. Come on, go. Come on. Come on. We need like a, an auction yeah. auction deal. Mel said he had a great time in Florida. Well, we have uh, we've been dealing with this Missouri weather. I'm going to start this thing because uh, I know you guys are busy, and so are we. Uh, you know, this part of this chat we want to have today is inspired by a conversation I have with Lynn just this morning. Um, and we talked about striving to please the Lord and, and, and doing all these things to please the Lord. And we talked about uh, trying to, to know yourself. And, and, and sometimes when, we, uh, when we're saved and God brings us out of all the hurts of our past, right? And whatever that hurt might be, it might be a, a busted up marriage. It might be a, a drug addiction, an alcohol addiction, a pornography addiction, a self-addiction. Who knows how many different kinds of hurts there are. I know there are literally hundreds of thousands of different types of way that we hurt ourselves or we allow others to hurt ourselves. But when we enter into this relationship with Jesus, we're bringing all that in. And hopefully, we're learning along the way to dump off some of that pain that you weren't meant to carry. We're giving it all to Jesus. And I know that's that Christian saying that sometimes we really don't know what you're even talking about. Give it all to Jesus. But as we, as we work on our relationship with Jesus, we're offloading some of that pain onto the cross, onto Jesus, who bore it all for us in his body. Hi, Danny. I'll see you tomorrow. 
Um, so Lynn and I were having this conversation about that this morning. And I was thinking about all the different ways that we try to get rid of that pain and that hurt and that stuff. And sometimes I know people that are so busy striving to do things for the Lord. When I think God calls us on occasion to take a break, to stop doing so much for the Lord and let's go inside and see what's going on because you're basing all of your decisions about other relationships you have with horizontal with people and me vertically. Uh, and you're, you're using the lens of your past to jade those relationships. So I think when we deal with people, uh, we need to remember to ask the Holy Spirit, is this what this person is really meaning, Lord? Are they really meaning, do you think, uh, to intentionally hurt me or hurt my feelings and reject me or neglect me? Or, Lord, am I looking through that relationship or the situation from a, something that happened to me in my past that has nothing to do with what's really truthful? I don't know if that makes sense. That makes sense, Barry? It makes sense, yeah. So I, some, I think, yeah, using the old lens and, 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 and then what, what that causes us to do, um, because we don't want to deal with how we feel about that. We go, and we do things for the Lord. We go and create another ministry. We go and, and serve the Lord and we stay busy constantly try, hi Lynn, constantly trying to serve the Lord, thinking that's going to be the answer to, to our pain and our current relationships and our past. And that's, that's not because what you're doing, you're dragging all that along with you and you weren't intended to do that. You're tended, you're, you're supposed to be dropping that off at the cross or while you're in the process of moving along with Jesus, you're you're growing and you should be offloading some of that and constantly assessing, especially when we deal with other sinners. Right. The reality of it is when we're in the body of Christ, you have to deal with other people. People can be difficult and kind of getting a handle on what, what they're implying or what they're, you know, sometimes you say, I smell what you're cooking. You may not know. I think it's important to ask God, is this really what this person is saying to me? Or should, how should I react to that? Should should I receive that in my flesh? I think um, we got to be very careful. But I'm going to talk about uh, the story of Mary and Martha, because I think there's a lot in there. And this is found in Luke chapter 10, verses, it's just a small little section, verses uh, 38 through 41. And Mary and Martha were very close with Jesus. Obviously, Lazarus had their, they were their uh, sisters. And Jesus was very close to both uh, Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. But watch what happens to Jesus and how he works through and, and teaches us to prioritize things. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into their home. First thing Martha did, uh, come on in. You know, in the Middle East, it was it was culturally a thing to be very hospitable. So obviously, they come on in, come on in, yeah. like Campbell would say. And anybody that comes to church, Danny will say, come on in. Well, in a way, Martha was saying, come on in, Jesus. We've been waiting for you. We can't wait for you to get here. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. What a great place to be. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and to help me. You know, and, and I think for years I ascribed to the kind of the, the thought that Martha got it all wrong. Boy, that Martha. But I don't really think so in some ways. 
first of all, she welcomed them. She received them in, which is where the relationship with Jesus starts. You have to receive Christ in order to be adopted in. Right. We're adopted by faith. Um, she received them in, and then she started working hard on her home to prepare it for a king. I think the teaching there for me is as we invite Christ into our hearts, now we're, uh, hey, hey, Joe, now our uh, our temple becomes the housing of Jesus Christ. I think a lot of us, me included, needs to spend maybe a little bit more work preparing our homes to house Christ. Clean the temple up. Clean the temple up a little bit. Nothing wrong with that. It's when that becomes the object. Because Jesus said, and I, you know, maybe Mary should have been preparing a little bit. Beside the point, Jesus didn't say that. He says to this, but the dear Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you're worried and upset, upset over all these details. You know, there's so much stuff to do around the church. You know, we have cleaning and we have uh, different tasks that we're going to do. We have classes we're putting on. But when that becomes the, the, the whole motive for doing things, I think that's when we're beginning to get it wrong. And so we're on this point, and, and this week I'm actually speaking on John, John chapter 15, where Jesus is imploring us to remain and abide in the vine, because apart from you, you can do nothing. He's telling her there's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it. It will not be taken away from her. So I'm thinking about going back, <clears throat> to, back to what we were talking about before. I think a lot of people are busy doing things for the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's how things get done because James is a very specific. Specific, He says, without works, faith is dead. But sometimes we're neglecting doing the better things like Mary. We're coming sitting at the feet of Jesus and allowing him to minister to us and recognizing that we're bringing all this hurt from our past and all this stuff that, you know, remember, Mary was a prostitute, right? I mean, depending, you know, so so many people came to Jesus with all these hurts and all these problems and all this stuff, you know, and, and they're bringing this stuff along, and uh, we bring this stuff, our hurts and our pains to them, and we allow that. The only way you're going to ever feel uh, that closeness to the Lord and really bear real fruit is to sit at the feet of Jesus and allow him to minister to you where you're at. Ask him to explain, why do I feel this way? Why are my relations this way? Why do I feel like they're always out to get me? Why do I feel like I'm insignificant? Why do I feel like my life doesn't matter? Why do I feel like I'm nobody? Perhaps you haven't been sitting at the feet of Jesus and allowing him to minister to the love of your soul. He's the one that can fix you. But doing the next thing or getting the next promotion or getting the next uh, ministry uh, thing or getting the next degree, it's not going to fix what's going on inside. Only way, The only way you'll be fixed from the inside out is to sit at the feet of Jesus. And sometimes I think we circumvent that because we want to go do something because we feel if we go do something, create something, do another thing, that God will somehow be happy with us because we're not at peace with ourselves because we're constantly out there trying to do a bunch of stuff to validate our walk with Jesus. And that's a bad place to be. I've been there. And that's not a good thing. I think we need to get back to the basics sometimes and just sit at the feet of Jesus and just allow him to minister and ask him the questions why I feel this way. And I think sometimes we get up, rush out the door to do the next thing we're going to do for the Lord, like Martha, which isn't a bad thing. We talked about that when we should be sitting at the feet of Jesus, Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals you. And, and somebody else, I think it was uh, Ishmael, uh, his mom, Hagar, actually said the God that sees me. You're seen by God. 
You may not see yourself and other people may not see you. It really doesn't matter when you know that who you are in Christ. It doesn't matter if other people see me or not. I know because I've studied and I know because I've sat at the feet of Jesus that he approves of me, that he sees me and he loves me and he cares about me, regardless of the significance of my ministry and the significance of, in man's eyes of what I'm doing or not doing. It has nothing to do with it. And I think we get off when we're out too busy doing things. I think there are some people right now that are doing so many things for the Lord that should hit pause on all of it and just be and just relax and be the the object of God's affection at this point. And then when he heals you up from the inside out and you know who you are in him, then you're moving forward. Then you can bear real fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you're out there trying to bear fruit and you're not really abiding in the word, you're not going to have fruit. It might have a little bit. I mean, I guess it doesn't hurt. Uh, I'm kind of rambling here, but this is kind of, um, listen to what Paul says in the book of Colossians. And, and what's the version you have, Barry? Oh, <clears throat> Colossians 3.16. Colossians 3.16. And I think this is uh, where the rubber hits the road. This is what Mary had been doing. And Jesus was saying, Mary or Martha, you need to choose what Mary has done. Let the word of Christ Dwell in you richly. Dwell in the Greek would mean let it hang out with you. Let it be in you. Let it be a part of you. Let it be inside of you. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. That's what Mary was doing. I'm listening to the words of Christ. And you know the cool thing, I think it's neat that Mary was the one, after all the boys had cut bait and run, she was the one uh, the whole time. You know, I'm sure the boys were doing great things. It's obvious. It's all recorded. You know, I'm talking, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John or whatever. They're all doing these, not, not Matthew, but the disciples that Jesus was with. They were all doing great things. But when it came time to it, they hit the streets. They booked. Mary, who it would appear had learned the secret of abiding, had learned to let the words of Christ and reflect on the words of Christ. And when it push came to shove and a crisis came, guess what? She was there at Jesus. <coughs> She was there with Jesus and uh, preparing his body um, to be resurrected ultimately for you and for me. So my uh, challenge for you today is stop doing so much work for Jesus. I'm not saying stopping and working for Jesus and stopping your good works because they were created before the foundation of the world for you to walk in them. But you'll never walk in the true fruit and the true meaning of life until you, rem until you learn to sit at the feet of Jesus. You can't just get up and rush out the door and do your cursory uh, uh, devotional reading or Jesus Calling reading, which is wonderful. That's great things, Barry. That's a great tool. But you have got to get, we have. Right. All of us. All of us. And in this season of, especially now, um, sitting at the feet of Jesus brings an incredible peace in spite of all this stuff going on. Because there's nothing, uh, there's nothing that will happen to you that God hasn't. Uh, ordained and you'll have peace going through it if you've learned to sit at the feet of Jesus and like I said we're going to talk a little bit about that this weekend at church about what it looks like to abide or to remain in Christ uh, for apart from me you can do nothing so we'll, I'm not going to get into that uh, until Saturday hopefully you guys are able to attend if not on Facebook in live how about come out live Barry? That'd be cool. It'd be great to see a few. It's great yeah. seeing people's faces on Facebook. I'd love to see a few bodies in the seats too. <laughs> That'd be neat. That would you be. know. Um, so if you get anything out of today's brown bag, sit 
at the feet of Jesus. Stop trying to be something. Stop trying to, uh, to validate your walk with Christ. Stop trying to make him love you more. Stop trying to compare your ministry or your life or your, your value uh, to somebody else. You're loved. You, you are, are, are cared for. He sees you. He, he, uh, so I would say stop that. If that's you, hit pause. You probably want to repent of that. You know, and I think that what that does, it, it might show a sign of a little unbelief that you're going to help Jesus with a bunch of good works. Now, you know, I, 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 I've been there. I've done that. So um, repent from that and say, Lord, teach me to rest in your grace. Teach me to abide. It's a process. It's it's a part of the journey. Um, I don't know, Barry. That's what I got. Yeah, I don't have much to add. All I will say is when you do set at the feet of Jesus and just take a break, do get recharged so you can deal with the things that you're currently dealing with, with your ministry stuff. You'll have more grace. You'll have more peace with people. Um, like you said, it's tough because we see we have to deal with all these people all at the same time. And if we're not sitting at the feet getting hmm. recharged, then it just gets aggravating and we want to quit. But that also being said, when you're, don't just sit there the whole time either because he, he might say, okay, you've been here long enough. Now it's time to go do something. Like you said, James says, uh, faith without works is dead. So there's a balance there. So if you've overextended yourself, sit at the feet, get recharged. If you've been sitting around for a while and you know God's prompting you to do something, go do it. Even if it's something small, just do it. Amen, dude. That's it. That's all I got.